Hi, this is Ryan, and thanks for joining us for I Missed It. We want to hear your opinions, too. You can find us over on Twitter at I Missed It Pod. Let us know if you're watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer along with us, whether it's for the first time, like me, or the fifth time. This show would not exist without the support of Ghostlight Media and our patrons. Thank you all so much for your support. You can find the rest of the shows on our network at ghostlightmedia.net. That's all for now. Enjoy the show. again and the other missed entirely i'm ryan and i missed it and i'm Brittany, and i didn't miss buffy didn't miss buffy well you missed it because you wanted to watch it again right but i mean like i didn't miss watching it you know what i mean it's a strange name our show name correct but it works both ways because that's the whole point so this is episode three so we are pros at this at this point uh, we certainly did not have to start recording a second time. No. No, not in the slightest. Well, episode three of Buffy, season one, episode three, it is The Witch. We just finished watching it. The IMDb summary is, Buffy suspects she has a witch on her hands when the cheerleading squad falls victim to sudden blindness and spontaneous combustion. And it wouldn't be a good high school show without a cheerleader art. Correct. I'm pretty sure this is the only episode about cheerleading. Good. There's plenty of... it. It's been done so many times. I will say, uh, this episode on IMDb does have a 7.8 rating. However, most of Buffy is in the 7, 8 range. That's still... It dropped by, like, at least a point from the other two, though, I think. Of note, this episode, no vampires. Yes. Uh, No knockoff Voldemort. No Darla. No. Jesse? Is that him? Jesse. Yeah. I think he's dead. Is he dead? Yeah, okay. Xander killed him. Oh, that's right. By Xander. accident. Yeah, Xander did accidentally kill a vampire. Well, to no one's great surprise, Buffy, our female protagonist in the 90s, wants to be a cheerleader. She was a cheerleader in LA at her old school. So she's just. Did they say that? Yes. Okay. I didn't, I didn't catch that she was a cheerleader. I thought it was just her attempt to fit in, and that's... No. Because that's how it works in high school shows. Her mom says, um, you quit cheerleading right before you started getting in trouble. Ah. Which means that she was a cheerleader, found out she was a vampire slayer, and stopped being a cheerleader. As this episode shows us, you can't have both. Correct. You can't be both. We are just way past the uh, spoilers thing, because we're going to assume at this point that you're watching the show along with us, or... You've already watched it. You've already watched it. Um, If for some reason you're listening to this and you've never seen Buffy... Maybe stop and watch. Yeah. Maybe watch along with us. Because this show is now 22 years old, so we're not even going to warn about spoilers. No. So this is their uh, Freaky Friday episode... Before Freaky Friday was a thing. Freaky Friday, I checked, came out in 2003. 
Or the did first you, one, the Lindsay Lohan one. I'm pretty sure that there's a Freaky Friday that that is based off of, though. Oh, really? I'm I did not know pretty that. Positive. I thought that was the first one. No, I don't okay. think so. Huh, I'm curious. This was a, uh, a complete Freaky Friday episode. Oh, you're right. There was a Freaky Friday from the 70s. Yeah. I, I was pretty sure that the Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lynn, or Jamie Lee Curtis is a remake. Yeah, it is. Huh. Well, there you go. Because that's what Lindsay well, Lohan liked to do, his remakes. Yeah, between that and Parent Trap. And she Herbie. Made a, really, and Herbie. She made a pretty good career out of that. Anyway, back to 97. We don't get the Freaky Friday thing until the very end, and it was a nice little twist. You, you kind of saw it coming. It was a nice little like plot twist of, ooh, hey, look, it's not actually her. It's her mom. They've switched bodies so that her mom can relive her glory days. It's like, okay, all right, good job. That's not lazy writing. That's good. That's good writing. Good job. That's I mean, in the late nineties, yes. In the late nineties. <laughs> um, now today, that would be considered lazy writing. Yes. Um, and I don't think it's standards that have changed, but just that tropes have changed and tropes have become more common. Correct. That that the the two people they switch brains. That's a thing you see all the time now. Yeah. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me most was that they didn't treat cheerleaders like they normally treat cheerleaders it Mm -hmm. wasn't they were not a bunch of mean girls the mean girl was cordelia who's already an established mean girl but the rest of the cheerleaders were competitive yes they were dedicated but they weren't trash people like high school like high school cheerleaders are often portrayed as yes and in a lot of things they Established cheerleading as actually cheering, which is not what cheerleading is in real life because it's a lot of dancing, and that's what this was. Yeah, they made a big deal out of it's not just standing on a sideline. The competitive part of cheerleading certainly comes out in this, and it certainly seems like it's a competitive cheer team that also does sporting events. Yes. That that's their secondary thing. Which is interesting because that's a line that exists in high schools as well. There's some high schools that, yeah, that's all they do is they stand on the sidelines for the football games. And that's their cheerleading squad. And that's fine. But there's plenty of other cheerleaders that it's way more intensive than that. Yeah. And I don't, I feel like Buffy, besides Bring It On, like before Bring It On happened, everything was just you're standing on the sidelines and cheering. Right, which is, I mean, we're also talking about 1997. It was was a more common way to portray high school females anyway. Correct. I mean, you go all the way back to Greece for that. It's the same thing. Yeah, which is actually really funny. Like, that's how they slash Joss Whedon slash whoever wrote it decided to portray it considering Eliza Dushku is in Bring It On, and she is also in Buffy later on. Okay, later on. Yeah, yeah okay. she plays Faith, but gotcha. that's okay. not till season three. My peripheral knowledge of the characters of Buffy, I know that there are people we haven't met yet. Mm, there's a so lot. So I know, like, there's Faith, there's another Slayer, there's a white-haired vampire. Spike. Spike. There's... Oh, gosh. I don't even remember the actor's name. Amy Acker's husband. No. You mean Allison Hannigan's husband? Allison Hannigan's husband. I was thinking of the Much Ado About Nothing. 
that yes, they that they were both that they in. just that they did. Yeah, Alexis with Denisov. Joss Whedon. Alexis Denisov. That's yes. it. Yes. He is in one season of Buffy, but he is in a lot of Angel. He's in a lot of Angel. Okay. Yeah. Because I know. See, there's some people that I kind of just know from the Joss Whedon verse. Yes. That are just actors that are around him that I assume I will see at some point. Like Nathan Fillion. Yeah, like Nathan Fillion. He has to show up at some point. And he's a bad guy, right? Yes. Eventually. Okay. He is season seven, but... Oh, he's, you, he's at the very end? Okay. You got a minute. Okay, well, <laughs> got a couple of years at this rate. So back to this episode. So it's cheerleaders. Buffy wants to be on the team. Uh, this other girl, Amy, that we meet for the first time, also wants to be on the team. Her mother was a cheerleader. And then we find out halfway through that her mother's a witch. She's switched bodies with Amy and um, is attempting to relive her glory days by getting back on the cheerleading team. Um, she gets named an alternate with Buffy, so they have to work their way through knocking cheerleaders out in different ways. Cordelia gets possessed and almost thrown into traffic at one point, which does force Buffy to save her. Man, it's episode three, and I'm already tired of some of these characters. I'm just tired of Cordelia. I know she's around for forever because she ends up an angel, so I know eventually they have to do something to make me not dislike her. But I feel the same way about Xander, too, because I know he's around for forever. Mm-hmm. So... And I'm just tired of Xander at this point. I guess they have to get through the incredibly awkward Xander hitting on Buffy all the time. Mm-hmm. They can, so that they can get through that so they can move on to other things. Because they do have to address that relationship quickly and early and move past it. So that they can do other things. And do other people. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> Doing other people. Yeah. It's a show about high schoolers. Like, it's it's going to be what it is. Buffy losing her virginity is actually, like, a major plot point. Of course it is. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, everyone. The Buffyverse, right for picking. There were quite a few things in this episode that I wrote down that um, would be done so differently today, or could not be done, or just show how the world has changed. I think... Buffy said Jeepers three times. So, you know, she was trying to build up to her Scooby-Doo career eventually. The 90s slang was ridiculous in this the episode. The 90s slang is real. It's like, all over the place. Specifically in this episode. Yeah. Because this is also, it's also fair to say that this is really the first non-pilot episode. Yeah. Because the first two episodes were kind of one long story. So this is the first regular episode of Buffy. Yes. Um, so it was interesting to see what they did with it. A lot of cheerleading, a lot of dancing, nowhere near as much fighting. There, were, I think there were two or three punches thrown with very bad sound effects. Yes. But the things that can't happen anymore would be done so very differently. We can start with uh, driver's ed is not in high school anymore. Right. That's all privatized now. And that was a plot point. This remains a plot point that not only can Cordelia not drive, she is very bad at it. Well, she was bad at it because she couldn't see. Well, that sure, but she threw it in reverse. She put the uh, car, yeah. she put the car in reverse. You don't have to be able to see to know that that's backwards. Yes, and then the instructor made the point that she's failed twice. Right, just taking driver's ed three times is great. 
And she's also 16 and taking driver's ed for the third time. Her parents are very important people in Sunnydale. They literally don't tell us anything about them other than they're important and they're rich. I mean, that tracks with who Cordelia has been presented as so far. Yeah. That science classroom is not how science classrooms look anymore. And also the experiments that they were doing. Like, I don't know if you can do those experiments in a classroom anymore. Or at least in a classroom where there's only one teacher and he never moves from behind his desk. Yeah. Well, like, one, teachers, like, it's in non-negotiables that you can't just chill behind your desk all day. Yeah. This guy did. He looked like he had tenure. Yeah. Off the classroom, I made it classroom number one that they destroy. They destroy a lot. I imagine that set crew had to build quite a few different classrooms, probably repeatedly. Yeah. And varied. And that was a science classroom because, uh, thank God, uh, when you're doing a spell, when you're casting spells and you're doing some witchcraft, because you're in a high school, you have access to all of the uh, the witch spell materials needed because there's a science classroom. Yes. Yeah. They haven't created... They don't have a lair yet. Well, they haven't created their... um, I know the name of the... Slayer's Hideout. The um, actual location. The store. The store? They haven't created the store yet. They can just go and buy stuff. (laughs) Good. They They made a Sabrina the Teenage Witch... Is that the name of the show? Yes. Sabrina the Teenage Witch reference real early on, which was super topical and timely and dates this thing, but it's also relevant again today because we are in the era of reboots. Yes. There's a fire axe in the school, which is not a thing anymore. Which she punched out and took it out, and there was no alarm that sounded. Right. Well, there may or may not have been back then, but if there is a fire axe in the school, it is absolutely behind one of those alarmed glasses. Yeah. If it's even in the school at all. Nowadays, it's... I don't know that I've seen one. No. It's one of those tropes that you know, hey, it's a fire axe for emergencies. Yeah. Uh, another thing that stuck out to me was that, uh, oh, another another uh, Giles thing that you cannot do Giles this way anymore. So halfway through the episode, after Buffy gets bewitched and is dying again, because that's what Buffy does, the old man takes the underage female student who is clearly not okay out of school on his own puts her in his car and drives away yeah you can't do that anymore Mm -mm. not without raising like suspicion or whatever right like we didn't at least in the the pilot when buffy tried to sneak out we had the brief scene with principal flutie yes principal flutie of wait where are you going where are you and they at least made a thing now i guess it's episode three, so we just understand that they bypassed that, I guess. Or he wasn't there that day. Yeah, he was sick. Came down with a real bad case of the surfer blues. He needed to go surfing. That's my new headcanon. Professor Flutie is an avid surfer. Okay. He's also a principal, not a professor. What did I said professor? Yeah. All right, well, I meant he's the principal. Yeah. Uh, I keep... I don't know why, like, when I go to write notes about Giles... I want to write professor. He's a librarian. Yes. Um, it's probably the look. Yes. But those are some of the things that I caught. It's like, oh, we can't really do that this way anymore. Did you have anything else? 
I mean, I just made a comment about their hair is a lot different. Like... Super 90s. Yeah, like, I... The real stringy bangs. That, but I also mean, like, their hair is frizzy. And in television shows now, that's not how hair looks. Yeah. They work really hard to... They work really hard to not have frizzy hair. Even though they're in California. Yeah. Where frizzy hair is probably normal. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a... It's not a bad thing. It was literally... I just made... You noticed. I caught on. Well, if we're talking about hair, there was a... Buffy has the Buffy hairstyle. Yeah. With a little bit of bang. Well, the Buffy hairstyle for now. For right now. She where Her hair's down to her shoulders, and she's got the little bit of bangs. Um, and then halfway through, all of a sudden, she's got a high bun. She looks like a... And she's wearing a sleeveless dress, and she's got the like clipboard binder thing that she's carrying around, and she looks like a professional personal assistant, and all of a sudden, Buffy is no longer 16, she's 29. Yeah. Which is not what you're going for, Joss Whedon. Somebody no. somebody needed to check that. How old did you say that Sarah Michelle Gellar was when... When she start when Buffy started? Yeah. 20. Oh, gotcha. So, not actually remember. that far off. And Allison Hannigan is three years older than Sarah Michelle Gellar, but actually looks like she could be 16. Yeah. She also, like, acting-wise, like, she yeah. well, she's just, like she can carry herself in a way that is different. It's all in her eyes, too. She's just got big, naive eyes. Yeah. It helps that she was, you know, a child star. Right. So, you know, that never really goes away. Yeah. And then, you know, American Pie also probably. Yeah. Well, not at this point. American Pie came out after. No, oh, she did this before American Pie. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she got Amer- or American Pie was is after because her hair is really long right now. And American Pie, her hair is short, shorter. Yeah, American Pie came out in '99, so she had a couple years of this under her belt first. Yeah. Um, they had uh, Buffy's uh, foreshadowing line. Buffy's foreshadowing line at the top of the ep- episode was, "I want to do something normal, something safe." Which is all the foreshadowing you need. Now that we're into episode three and this is kind of the first non-pilot episode, we're, we get some of the continuing themes that we'll see in the continuing, okay, this is part of the Buffy episode, this is part of the Buffy, Buffy episode. These are all the things you need in order to make a Joss Whedon-verse show. Mm-hmm. Um, so one was the foreshadowing line and then the quick exposition scene where they... We're in the library, and they're like, oh, there's witches here. I have a line. You have a line. Xander has a line. Willow has a line. And then we go back to Giles, back to Buffy. Xander says something stupid. Willow corrects him. Giles gives us a plan, and then we go. Mm -hmm. And you have about 60 seconds to get through that whole thing. Yep. And they do it. They actually shot it. Interestingly, there's a lot of reverse shots in Buffy so far. But that scene was... A little bit jarring because they shot it as a continuous shot and they just panned and zoomed and then came out and then zoomed back when each person had a line, mm-hmm. um, which made it feel a little stilted, but it was also smoother than just continuous reverse shots. But they only did it for like the first half of the scene and then they just, it was quick camera changes all over the place, different shots and different angles. And I was like, come on, just pick, pick one. Right. Do the long shots with the zooming or pick the rapidly changing angles. Pick one, please. Or at least wait until the next scene to 
change it up again. Right. I did laugh, though, uh, at the end of that scene for Xander's line. Uh, I laugh in the face of danger, then I hide until it goes away. <laughs> because that's yeah. a good, that is a good line. And shout out to whichever writer that was. I don't even know. Was it a writing team? Yes. I I mean, I don't know if it's a writing team right now. As we get further into Buffy, yes, it is a writing team. Is it the same team basically Basically. throughout, I assume? Yes. I assume then a different team for Angel and then Joss Whedon's The Constant. I don't know. Well, they were making them at the same time, so they... Yes, but I don't remember if Joss Whedon is technically the only constant. Between the two? Yes. Apart from the actors? Yes. I think it's possible that Jane Espion, or whatever her name is, is... I think she's, like, the lead writer, and I think she was on both. Or, like, Mm. she wrote for both. But I don't remember. I know that she's super prominent on Buffy, though. And then there's David Fury, who also directed quite a bit for both Buffy and Angel. I think he wrote too, but he also directed stuff for Game of Thrones. Which is a couple of years apart. Yes. So I know that at least further into Buffy that they have a writing team, but I'm not sure about right now. When you're talking about like random stuff, I put that they always somehow only have a few minutes left. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I did write down, um, just, I wrote a question on this. Does Buffy face death every episode? She's currently three for three. And I mean, eventually you have to come up with something else. It's only three episodes and she is the protagonist. And we are dealing with the supernatural. So there's all sorts of different ways for somebody to, to have their life threatened. Eventually... They have to come up with something besides, oh, Buffy might die. She dies twice. I knew she died at least once, eventually. Twice. She does die twice? Okay. I mean, that makes sense. You're dealing with the supernatural. Like, once the, If you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, once you get to a high enough level, death is just kind of an inconvenience. So I kind of feel like as Buffy gets better, eventually it's like, all right, so all this supernatural stuff. Yeah, it's a, uh, oop, I died. Hold on. Give me, give me a month. I'll be fine. Well, the first time she dies, she's brought back in a very natural way. Like a natural, like, oh, you just give her mouth to mouth and she comes back. Gotcha. Like, this yes, act- a, it's actually done very well. Because there's a natural way to bring someone back from Well, death. but as opposed to <laughs> supernatural way. As opposed to spells and rituals. Correct. And, okay, all that So stuff. the first time she dies and she's brought back in a more natural way. Okay. The second time she dies, she is not. Gotcha. So they established in the pilot in the second episode a lot of the lore around vampires and how Correct. vampires work. This time it was not vampires, it was a witch. Mm-hmm. And I was very confused by how witches work because apparently anybody can be a witch. Yes. You don't have to be born with anything. You don't have to have this power. You don't have to receive it from somewhere. You just have to have the right stuff. Correct. And then Giles is able to cast the counter spell, and then it's all fine. And and he has the line about, well, that was the first spell I've ever done. So obviously you can just figure it out and you can do whatever. Yeah. How and, And to cast all these spells, like it requires the right components. It requires the right reading from a book or the right recitation of 
lines or poetry or whatever the spell is. The witch in this, Amy's mother, Catherine. Catherine, I think? Yes. Yeah, Catherine the witch. Also has, like, telepathic powers because she was throwing people around everywhere without talking. Witchcraft is a study and you essentially collect powers from study because I forgot that Giles had no idea anything about witches and had to do research because witches are so prominent in Buffy later. Because sure. Willow eventually yes. becomes a witch. Okay. Yes, which is... Um, so it'll so be, they'll explain it all later. Yes, it'll be okay. a lot... You'll be a lot less confused because we walk through it with Willow. We walk okay. through it with Willow as she learns. I just thought it was interesting because... They were establishing clear rules for how witches work around the spells and the components and the ingredients and the cauldron and able to do all of these things. And there was a process to it. And then she comes out and she just, you know, Professor X is everyone all over the place. Right? Yes, because you study how to do that. Gotcha. So because she had done it for a while. Gotcha. They just don't explain any of that. So just so... Having not established any of that, it just looks weird. Yeah. It looks inconsistent. Yeah. Like, I'm specifically remembering... I don't remember what season it is. I think it's got to be three, because Willow doesn't really do anything with witchcraft in season two until the very end. Um, But specifically, her floating a pencil and figuring out how to do that with just her mind. And she says, I've been practicing all summer. So it's literally not because she has the power to do it. It's because she's figuring out how, she's figuring out how to, to do get it. So the anybody power. can do it. You anybody can do to, it. You just have to dedicate yourself to yes. it. Yes. Okay. And have the right books. And have the right books, which were all checked out by Xander <laughs> because he's a pervert. Yes. But he's also a 16-year-old boy, and that's what they assume 16-year-old yes. boys was, do. Yes. I that don't know. I've never interest- been a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> it is interesting, though. And I don't know if it's just how Buffy's going to be because they were flipping it so much on its head because it was, you know, strong female leads in the 90s and in a fantasy show and all of this stuff. They're trying so hard to make females not stereotypes. But Xander absolutely is a stereotype. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So it's in that dynamic is interesting because you don't do that accidentally. Yeah, but it's he's not it's not like he's the stereotypical male that is in shows like this. Like yes, he's a stereotype, but he's not the stereotype that you would expect to be That's in a true. show like this. That's true. This. I guess especially from a 90s show. I guess nowadays as a if you have Zan, that Xander character, that's a massive stereotype. Yeah. And you wouldn't do it. Or if you did, he would have turned into that yeah. somehow. Yeah, because he is a stereotype. He's just not the stereotype that you would expect. Because, you know, the stereotype that you would expect are the character <laughs> that David Boreanaz is. <laughs> like, Right. You, either the brooding genius or the giant nerd or the jock. Yeah. Right. Those are probably, at this point in time in history, those are probably the three. Yeah. Especially not from Leeds. Yes. He's the guy best friend who has a crush on the girl and doesn't know how to speak and isn't strong. Quote, unquote, strong. Right. 
Well, that brings us towards the end of the episode, and still currently our only segment, which is Ryan Predicts Poorly. Uh, And my prediction, and my hope, my fervent hope, is that in episode four, we get David Boreanaz back, because Angel wasn't in this episode, and I missed him. Yes. I made a comment, actually, about (laughs) David Boreanaz, because I actually paid attention to the opening credits this time, and I didn't really before. I don't know why, but I, like, paid attention. For not being a series regular, they sure show him a lot in those opening credits. In the credits or in the little montage? In the opening montage thing, the, the opening well, credits. There's the, oh, because there's both. Yeah. The where they introduce all the characters and are, well, all the actors. Yeah. He is not a series regular, and his name is not in there, but they sure, they show him a lot. I mean, it's David Boreanaz, why wouldn't you? I mean, that's fair. When, when your other males are, at this point, Xander and Giles. Giles. Like, those are the only other guys on the show. Yeah, and they're not, at this point in time, established, like, quote-unquote sex symbols, which is what they need out of Angel. Yeah. So, the other thing that I I didn't really notice at the time, but one thing that was different with how they did the cheerleading for this in 97, as opposed to if you do it today now. Yeah. Um, all the cheerleaders were girls. Yeah. If you do it today, even if you do it in a high school setting today, you still have a couple of guys. Yeah, because they you, have it, to. Because you have to. But also because that's just how things are done now. Yeah. Well, their cheerleading squad was literally like six people. It was not a lot. Yeah. Well, it was. they were in the gym for a basketball game, so they can't have as many. But even when they were or when they were practicing, they it still wasn't that many. Like they yeah, did it was the like ten of them. Maybe. maybe. I also don't know what time of year it is. I'm very confused. And I guess well, you can it was get basketball. Away with it. it was basketball, which means like January. But it's also California, which means it's always 95 and sunny. So yeah, I don't know what. Uh, maybe they play basketball at different times in California. I don't know. Oh, I have no clue. I would imagine not because that. That's kind of how it works everywhere. It's yeah. a winter sport because you can play it inside. But if you're in California, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I would imagine that based on the fact that it's mid-season, probably January or February. But I have no oh, idea. right. Because it was a mid-season replacement. Yes. So this episode would have aired in March, probably. Maybe. March 17th. Yep. Well, I think that's it. That was episode three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Witch. I really like this episode compared to the other two. Compared to the first two? Yes. I don't know. The pilot felt like they were gonna, they were establishing what the big world things were going to be and what the big stakes are. And then mm-hmm. they're like, and we're going to zoom in on a day in the life of the high school. Which is really funny because the next episode, I hate it. Well, we'll get to that one next time. Yes. I hate it. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of I Missed It. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And make sure that you're not at the bottom of the cheerleader pyramid. Not very safe. That's it. That works for me. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.